co-host Lee. I'm joined today by BJ, co-host of Mangan Reads. Say hey, BJ. How's it going? And Spencer, my partner in crime on the GOT Got Questions podcast. Spencer, say hey to the people. Hey, everybody. And making his debut on the Mangan Talks podcast channel, my best friend, my buddy, my amigo, the best man at my wedding, Levi Baxter. Hey, Levi. Yo. Okay, so the, the point of this podcast is for us to day drink, uh, and that's really it in a nutshell. What we're going to do is we're going to bring on um, any number of Mangum folks uh, and friends uh, over the weekends, uh, every two to three weekends, I think is basically our plan, and we're going to drink whiskey. And BJ has been nice enough to uh, get us in some way <laughs> whiskey uh, that we can all share. So we're all going to share the same whiskey today, except for Levi, because he's, he's not in the club. And Le- uh, ba- uh, BJ, do you want to give us uh, some background on what whiskey we're trying today? Uh, the first one we're starting out with is a Black Saddle. Um, that's a nice little Kentucky bourbon that I picked up, and honestly, I haven't had before. And that's sort of one of the other things that I figured we'd do with this podcast is introduce uh, ourselves and uh, some of our friends and maybe enemies to some new whiskey. Okay, Black Saddle. I'm pouring it now. Spencer, do you have a, the Black Saddle? I have the Black Saddle. Now, BJ, your advice. Do I take it neat or do I take it uh, with a uh, I would start out neat, honestly. Okay. Um, yeah, Spencer. Levi, what, what you drinking with us in the meantime? Uh, I'm drinking uh, Rua, which is a product of North Carolina an American single malt whiskey. Uh, it's pretty solid. Nice. So this is a 12-year-old bourbon, hmm. uh, and it says it's produced by a distiller in Fairfield, California, so I'm not sure how the bourbon... Sounds uh, very Kentucky. It does. All right, how much, uh, now, do I chug this, or are we sipping this stuff? Chug <laughs> You have about 200 mil. I mean, I guess you could technically chug it. I got no plans. I, I would, I would uh, suggest sipping. Okay. And then if, if uh, it's too harsh on your palate, then you can add some water or some ice as you, uh, as your nether regions dictate. I come prepared. Spencer, did you say I have no plans? Uh, I do not. I, I say chug it. <laughs> okay, let's see if I enjoy it, and we can go from there. <laughs> Okay, all right, let's try it. All right, salute. Hmm. Ah, Spencer has some nice eyebrow raising going on there. Spencer enjoys. How's the, uh, how's the feel on your mustache? You know, it's delightfully saving a few tastes for later. That is delicious, BJ. Be- uh, my compliments, BJ. That one goes down well. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Surprisingly sweet. Well, Levi, we got to send you some. I'm I'm excited. I mean, you could have picked up that bottle from Lee, but I know it is for far away from Durham, so there's that. I, I, I had some challenges last night. Um, we did just get power back. It was fantastic, and then we lost power again. So. <laughs> Speaking of, why has North Carolina become the hurricane capital of the United States over this hurricane season? This is, yeah, it really sucks. I mean, I'm in Florida. I was kind of expecting there to be a target on my back, but they just keep dodging me and burying themselves in North Carolina nonstop. No one wants to be in Florida. Even the hurricanes are avoiding me now. Yep. Yeah, Yeah, we're getting beat up. Uh, Levi, it's interesting you say that because we had the same thing. We lost power, came back, and then 
it, we lost it again, like yesterday evening. Like I think yes, they were maybe be. doing maintenance or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was around eight eight thirty nine. Not yeah. sure the of the time, but yeah, it came out and, and both and both Sam and I were uh, we were both a little bit bit concerned that maybe we'd have to find some stuff. Although it was amazing that that basically the entire block lost power. So. Um, basically no light pollution which was very beautiful <laughs> oh um, there's stars in the sky it's very odd to see in a city right or at least a baby city oh yeah uh, was, was it clear enough to actually see stars or did was it uh nice and cloudy from the storm yeah it was a little cloudy um but just the sort of total darkness is not something you typically see um in a populated area it was weird when um when the power was off for a week last year down here when irma went through it it was it made for some remarkable nights. Just everybody kind of went to bed about eight o'clock because it was dark out and you couldn't go anywhere. Hopefully, you had your Kindle uh, fully charged there, right? Uh, I had a hand crank generator, and so whenever I wanted my <laughs> cell phone or my Kindle to work, I would just spend about an hour just making a rotating gesture. <laughs> I'm sure you have a reasonable amount of practice for that. Oh, shut up! Um, uh, uh, beat me to it, VJ. <laughs> Now, with it being like 98 uh, and high humidity for that entire week, I spent a large portion of the week uh, in a bathtub of increasingly tepid water just grinding a generator to get various electronics to work again. You know you can refill the bathtub and it works better. That was an option, yes. I made use of that on occasion. You, know, you could also just like not be in Florida. That was also an option that I chose not to act on that time. I mean... I think both a permanent solution and a semi-permanent solution when natural disasters come Florida's way. I mean, it, it, you could come to the West Coast, Best Coast, or, or even just like further north where people appreciate you. To, to our presumably thousands of devoted listeners, I just want to give you all a little bit of a read on our conversations. Any conversation that we have between each other will inevitably go to within about five minutes that Spencer needs to leave and move elsewhere. It's kind of the natural flow of it. North Carolina. This is not uh, like a magical place that we're telling you to move. You just Honestly, you said the West Coast. Elsewhere. Anywhere else. Florida is not a great state. I don't think it's <laughs> controversial to say that. Um, no one's a fan of Florida. It really is nothing special. We old collection of friends have been increasingly scattered, and we've got people ranging from as far as the United Arab Emirates to uh, the Nordic countries. Is Crystal there? Uh, Chris Rice is still there. Um, who's in UAE? Is it um, Ali Assad? Uh, Ali Assad Samji. Last I heard of him. I see. <laughs> Not keeping track? Uh, I, you, you know how, how rarely I'm on Facebook. Yeah, very rarely. Like, I have to run the Mangum Talks page because you, you don't even respond when I tag you. <laughs> I, rely, I rely on you people to handle the media and technical expertise. I'm just here for talent. Hence why you Ooh. think we have thousands of listeners. <laughs> Let me have my hopes, sir. <laughs> All right, guys. I have a little bit of an agenda. Oh. Topics I want to talk about. We, we actually have a plan for this? Yeah, I do. I've got a couple topics, if you'll uh, indulge me. And we have you on video. Congrats. Welcome. Uh, okay. So this one is really, uh, Levi, I'm, I'm wanting you to weigh in on this. Did you see LeBron James' comments about his kids and specifically giving them wine? I did not. Please enlighten me. So Le LeBron James has, two, has three kids, two of which are 11 and 14. And he recently made the comment that uh, – I think this was at the, like, the Lakers uh, press day. He said they were so um, 
sophisticated and mature for their age that he actually gives them wine with dinner. Have they been barbecued? 11 and 14. Missing <laughs> <laughs> reasonable. I, I don't see why that's a problem. So I guess my question is, should LeBron James go to jail? <laughs> <laughs> he's, uh, he's broken no law. Uh, I'm not a snitch, so I'm not going to snitch on him. Um, maybe you will, but that's, that's not me. It's not in my DNA. But uh, I don't see what the problem here is, right? I mean, people do it all over, all over the world. Within moderation, it's always fine. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think the sort of cleverest trick my mom ever played on me um, was – we were going through some things and I found, and we found a bottle of vodka. Mm-hmm. Um, so she uh, got a glass and was like, Hey Levi, why don't you try some? Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. My mom's allowing me to drink in front of her. It's great. I was maybe 12, 13, 14 at the time, pretty young. Um, and I took a sip. It's terrible. Uh, vodka not exactly the best uh, liquor to drink. Um, Straight, no. Suck. Yeah. And, you know, this is like generic vodka that's been stored up in the attic for a little while. Uh, <laughs> but after I after I sipped it, she was like, oh, okay. You can't use the excuse of you were just trying it now. And I was like, oh, okay. That's crappy. <laughs> oh, she got you. See, my dad did the same thing, and he thought he was – you know, pulling one over on me, like he was going to turn me away from it. And I just knocked a shot back at like 15. <laughs> and it scared the hell out of him. He was like, get out of here. You can't have any more of this. <laughs> you know, my parents are pretty open about exposing me to all kinds of things in terms of alcohol and liquor oh, growing boy. up. No, not that. Um, but I think my, a lot of my impressions of liquor were pretty fully formed by 13, which the 13-year-old palate, at least for me, was not built to accept that at all. And it really colored what my views were going to be for a long time going forward. So maybe that was part of their plan. Hit me when I would have least enjoyed it and affect my impressions from there. Question for you guys. Mm. When was the age that you could have a beer with dinner? Because I remember when I first started drinking beer, I couldn't like have it with food. Like It was, oh, it was an acquired taste, so I couldn't just have it with my dinner. It took me until I was like maybe 22, 23 until I could have a beer with dinner. You mean like just to enjoy it, to actually improve the meal? Right, yeah, and not need like water or whatever else. Um, Spencer, have you reached that age? <laughs> uh, <laughs> in terms, it, it, I think it would be two different answers for me. Uh, to socially enjoy the meal more earlier than actually palate enjoying the meal more. I mean, a, a beer with uh, a meal can make me more socially engaged with everybody that's there in a way that I may not necessarily think it improves the meal, but it's improving my enjoyment of the of the, uh, the dinner itself. But, so you yeah, don't so around yeah. people, but if you have enough beer, then it's okay. It helps, yes. <laughs> so so no, in confirmation hearings, are you going to have, uh, I like beer? <laughs> if they're ever dumb enough to bring me up there, I who knows what's going to come out of my mouth? I like beer. Hey, no, but I guess my question really is like, when would you, at what age did you go, okay, I really just want a beer with dinner? Like, that's just what you wanted to order. Mm, still haven't hit it. <laughs> yep, who's going to call it? Um, I, I would say for me, like, it, it was actually interesting because um, the first time I tried beer, I was probably like seven or eight because my grandfather was drinking probably like a Budweiser with like lunch or dinner or something along those lines. And I asked to have some, he said, Oh sure. And poured me like an ounce or something like that and hand it to me. And I was like, Oh, that's disgusting. Um, and 
at some point not too long after I told my dad that beer is disgusting. And my dad's like, really? Uh, when did you have beer? And I was like, oh, you know, my grandfather had like a Budweiser with, with food. And my dad's like, oh, well, that's bad beer. That's why he didn't like it. Yeah, and, that's a good call. And so um, he introduced me to like Guinness and a handful of other beers. And mm. we started brewing beer shortly after that. Huh. Um, along with like making wine and other things along those lines. So I feel like I got introduced to alcohol, um, both beer, wine, and a little bit of the harder liquors a lot earlier on in smaller quantities. My dad being like, Oh, like taste for this taste for that. Cause he was like very into drinking and eating and, and tasting new things. So that's sort of probably one of the reasons that I'm into it as much as I am, but I'm sure Levi will remember my bringing like random six packs into the dorms and being like, "Ooh, I found like a new microbrew at, at TJ's or whatever," and and him just being like, "I'm, I've got to go to wake up at like five in the morning. Why are you talking to me?" <laughs> um, on that note, it is very weird to sort of to both drink beer more regularly than I used to, um, and live near the um, Sam's Quick Mart, which we went to in college. Um, that has Ooh, a, yeah. a, lit, a litany of beers. It is interesting to sort of get that experience of like, I could just go there. You know, it's not like a thing. I don't know how, we went to plan for it. Um, just go and get a six pack. It, mm-hmm. It's great. Is TJ still there? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Jerry, do you, do you know? Uh, I do not know. But <laughs> Levi, since we're telling drinking stories, uh, can oh, you tell the story about the time that you went to your philosophy class? I think it was an 8 a.m. class, and you got drunk beforehand? <laughs> of course that will come up. Um, yeah, so... Um, Wait, is this I w- the class that I met you in? No, no, this is a summer class. So I was um, taking summer classes, um, and I was enrolled in a philosophy of religion class. Um, and summer classes at most universities are taught by TAs or grad students. Um, and if I'm being honest, uh, a TA is not suited for that sort of discussion because a lot of people come in there with preconceived notions of what is reasonable, um, what, what they need to support. Um, so the class could occasionally get out of hand if people try to justify their, their, their weird personal beliefs. Um, like it totally makes sense that, uh, God would, would, um, inspire someone to speak in tongues, but not send a translator. That seems like too much work. Um, <laughs> stuff like that. Um, and so I was getting frustrated uh, by the lack of sort of rigor, in my opinion, of that. And so it was like a 9 a.m. class, uh, and I woke up early, um, pulled out a bottle. At the time, I was primarily <laughs> drinking uh, Bacardi 151. Uh, you pulled out a bottle in it, the class? No, at in, in my dorm room, okay. woke up early, um, sort of pulled up, put up some shot glasses, a bottle, lined up some shots, and just pounded shots <laughs> before going to class. Um, oh, was it Lord. your usual chaser? Uh, I know you're trying to say Mountain Dew, but it was probably whatever's on hand. Um, at 8 a.m. when you're drinking Bacardi 151, you're not exactly picky. Um, <laughs> I like how the Mountain Dew is the picky, not... Not the 151. Right. I mean, to be to be honest, I was drinking with a purpose. Um, there was a goal there, which was to be absolutely shit faced. Get drunk. Uh, yeah. When, to get drunk. When, yeah, that's the goal. Going to class. <laughs> um, and I went to class, and I don't recall what exactly we were discussing about. 
Um, but I recall being very annoyed by things. Um, and at some point midway through the class, I was like, you know, I think I've said my piece. Uh, I think we've, we all believe what we believe and, uh, I'm good. And just like walked out. Um, <laughs> uh, we, did you lock eyes with the TA for like 20 seconds as you're like walking out and just like stare at them? No, I didn't stare at him. It, it wasn't competition with, with, with him. Um, it was more of the, the colleagues in class, um, the fellow students that were trying to be a little bit unreasonable, which, I mean, it's philosophy of religion. It can get contentious. People have prior beliefs and things that they want to be to, to promote as reasonable because um, we all have weird beliefs that we have. Um, I'm just not trying to convert anyone to that, that point of view, right? Yeah. Um, I feel like it's a subject that would kind of benefit from a two-drink minimum. Just, you know, let everything <laughs> flow out. Yeah, it's a good point. I would like to point out that I was taking summer classes that same summer, and me and Levi were close. We were hanging out, I mean, multiple times a week. And he did not tell me he was doing this. And then he just dropped it on me like three days later. He was like, yeah, man, I just got really drunk in my 8 a.m. class and argued with people about religion. And I was like, this fucking guy, he is, I'm, I'm sticking with him. Great story. Okay. All right. So we're not ready to put LeBron James in jail. That's what I'm hearing. I would prefer not. I mean, he's obviously one of the best basketball players of all time, and he's being reasonable with his kids. He set expectations that alcohol is to be enjoyed, not to uh, to be chugged down as, mm-hmm. a, as a teenager. Um, like I respect Spencer all likes to do. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I fully agree with Levi. I think if you're going to – they're inevitably going to be exposed to it over the course of their lives, exposing it to them at home in a controlled setting of where you can explain in detail how it can be enjoyed in a correct manner. I think that's actually quality parenting. All right. So LeBron James, not going to jail. Good dad. All right. BJ, are we ready for our next whiskey? Uh, I'm about half an ounce away from uh, emptying my glass, so, so sure. Um, let me sip a little bit and then we can, uh, move on to the Bunahaven. Well, uh, Lee, uh, Lee, what would be your, your review of Black Saddle today? I like it. It's as BJ pointed out, it's a, it's a sweeter bourbon, which Mm. I actually enjoy. It makes it, uh, much smoother. Um, and I'm, I mean, you guys know this about me. Uh, typically when I drink hard liquor, I need a chaser immediately after, Mm -hmm. uh, I've got some pretty bad acid reflux, but I didn't need it with this. I mean, I, I, I was drinking some Coke along with it, but like not immediately after. So, uh, yeah, it was very, uh, very smooth. What did you think? No, I agree. I mean, uh, Lee, you know, for me that, uh, my body, whenever it decides it doesn't want something to go in, it responds promptly. Like when I tried Nashville hot chicken. Um, but this gave me, this gave me no difficulties or complaint. Yes. Enjoy that story. Um, uh, this gave me no complaints. Second, I got to tell that story. I got to tell that Have story. fun. Okay. Me and Spencer go to Con of Thrones every year. Con of Thrones is the biggest collection of uh, Game of Thrones nerds uh, in the world. And mm-hmm. we get together for a weekend. The first one was in Nashville. Uh, for months leading up to it, me and my wife were preparing uh, to have hot chicken, which required us to, um, you know, get, eat progressively hotter things, right? Peppers, hot sauce, whatever. And we really trained for it. Like, we were like, we're going to go and have the hottest chicken. And I kept telling Spencer, and Spencer was like, yeah, no, I'm really good with hot things. It's no problem. So we went to Prince's Hot Chicken, which was the is the original hot chicken uh, joint uh, in the world uh, in Nashville. We got the very hottest. We took it back to our hotel room suite, and Spencer's took, I think, about three bites and started hiccuping uncontrollably. 
for about 45 minutes. I couldn't stop. My diaphragm was physically trying to force the chicken out of me. Yeah, with super spicy things, every so often I'll get that reaction, especially if it's like a dry spicy, maybe with a little bit of vinegar. I sort of get that like hiccupy feeling going on, but usually I'm okay. I mean, I'm the child of an Hispanic woman and a Texan dad. I've been trained, but I forgot that my beloved girlfriend finds ketchup spicy, so it's just not really been part of my diet for about the last 10 years. Yeah, you didn't... Pretty much, yes. Ketchup. That's, so yeah, that's you didn't have... You didn't have your chops. But what was hilarious about it is not just Spencer in a very cute way just hiccuping over and over again. It was he kept insisting he was fine. It's <laughs> kind of crazy. No, I'm good. I can keep eating. It's okay. Don't worry I, about it. I kept trying for a while. Eventually, your wife took pity on me and took the chicken physically out of my hand, which I appreciated. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, we like that bourbon. Black Saddle. Yeah, that, that's great. That's really smooth. That went down well. I agree. It's got kind of like a sweet aftertaste to it, which I actually like that. Yeah, and I think the, the 12 years of aging really uh, rounds out the back end of it, so it doesn't have the stereotypical sour burn that a lot of bourbons will have on the back end. Uh, Levi, your review of your drink? Uh, it's fantastic. Um, I've got a, a little bit of water in there, and it is uh, lovely. It's got a little bit of smoke to it. Um, at least I think so, which I like. Um, and it's produced by North Carolina, which is a great state, right, Spencer? I agree fully and proudly. So uh, All right. the next whiskey that we have um, is uh, Bunahaven. Yeah. It's unpleasant to spell. Yeah, pronounce the second word for me. I'm, I'm trying to read it on the label. Bunahaven. Ke- oh, how do you pronounce the accent? B-A-N-A-H-C-H. Uh, Chiabanach? I mean, something like that, or Chiabanach? Not enough vowels there. What is this, Irish? Uh, I don't know. Sure. Googling. I mean, it's Scotch, so it's Scottish, but... I don't know. Anyway, so it's an Isla. It's a nice peated Isla. Um, And unlike the the black saddle, you'll notice it's a much lighter color. Mm Mm-hmm. So it doesn't have any uh, caramel added. So most whiskeys, if they have that sort of deep golden color, are going to have uh, caramel added to them. Um, and so this is a natural color, unchill filtered. So these are a lot lighter, uh, lighter in color, and so they won't have any added sweetness from from that uh, addition. Well, it's very fragrant. Yeah, heavy peaty uh, smell. I like how you say heavy peated because because of the uh, I decided to get something that was peated, but I figured we shouldn't start out with like a an art bag or, or a log of woolen that that's really like a campfire, but which is mostly for Spencer who is like, oh yeah, like you know I don't like the campfire type whiskeys, and then he's like, yeah, but I I kind of do like some smoky flavor. And I was like, Spencer, like, I, I don't know what you're saying now. Like, what's the difference there? He's like, well, you know, the burn. I don't like, I don't like whiskeys when they burn. I was like, well, but dude, that's not the campfire. The campfire is like the smell. With any subject, just assume I know nothing and I'm just spouting random words that come in my head. You'll you'll get a lot. You'll get far that way. Let me put some of this in the class. Want <laughs> the campfire because he doesn't like the burn. Shut up. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> Good uh, work, I'm pouring. I'm pouring alcohol in a glass. 
good. All right, let's try this. Da -da -da. Ooh, I gotta tell you, not as harsh as I was expecting. Hmm. I don't like it as much, but it's not bad. Did you chug it or you sip it? He sipped. He sipped. Um, you have you have camera. You can literally see me drink. Yeah, but the people can't see. Spencer, I'm trying to do good radio here. I understand. I am sipping. I am savoring. I have a nice glass with a couple cubes in it, and I am enjoying the experience. I was gonna say, like, I don't know. With these, I feel like rocks makes it weirder rather than uh, smoother. I've got an empty glass here. I can. I, I'll try. I'll try that uh, in just a second. But I, I like the. I don't know. This is of whiskeys in that are peated and things like that. This is one of my favorites because it has a very mild front and the, the smoke opens up slowly and it doesn't like kill your mouth as soon as you have it. Like you can, you can drink something after this and still taste it. You might need to right. wait a little while, honestly, but like there are art bags and Lagavulin's and things like that, that you drink that, that whiskey and, and it's uh, it's a killer. No, I agree with you, BJ. Uh, a lot of, uh, you know, that's why a scotch usually is an after-dinner drink, because you, you have it, and it's that, that really fierce peace uh, flavor that kind of knocks out your, uh, you can't really taste anything afterwards. But I don't think this is the case. This one's pretty smooth. Mm -hmm. It certainly is not as peaty as I thought from smelling it. Uh, I like it. And for our listeners who are curious, Bunahaban is made on an island called Islay that is directly west of Glasgow. Hmm. Interesting. Islay. A lot of, lot of scotch comes from Islay. Didn't know that. My, my knowledge about alcohol is sadly limited, but we're fixing that right now. And I was going to say, a lot of people from that region usually call it Isla. Isla? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah. Gotcha. Damn. Like yeah, Island? Cool you don't say Island? Or maybe you do. I, don't, I mean, I'm not judging here, but... <laughs> Isla. Gotcha. That was terrible. That was not good. We're mixing alcohol with me attempting accents. Nothing's going to work out well here. Okay, I've got the next subject I want to bring up. What you got? Uh, yet again, you everybody who knows me or listens to our podcast know I'm an NBA fan. So yet again, this is about an NBA personality. Okay. But on the uh, Jimmy Fallon show... Charles Barkley was interviewed, I think, on Friday, either Friday or Thursday, uh, so just a couple days ago, um, and said that he has not wore underwear for 10 straight years. So, my question to you, good fellas, do you ever go without underwear, and could you ever see yourself going without underwear full-time? This was Charles Barkley, you said, right? Yeah, Charles Barkley. He's been retired for how long? A long time. Longer than so, 10 years. Uh, Ninety-eight, something like that. So this is late, just in his late nineties. So this is just in his. I, mean, he, I think he was missing all the dribbling in his life and just started uh, trying to figure out where he could get some. There is possible <laughs> element of that. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I didn't didn't hear that bit. I I heard the bit where he was talking about not wanting to work with Shaq, um, and that he only does it because he gets paid. Um, I need yeah. to listen to the to the full interview then. Um, did he say what inspired his his move to, to Ballas? Life? I believe he said that he did it one day, and then it felt so good that he 
took all of his underwear, which I don't believe at this point, by the way, hashtag <laughs> fake news. He took all of his underwear and lit it on fire. And he's never worn underwear since. So do you not believe the lit it on fire part or the doesn't wear underwear part? Oh, the lit it on fire part. I totally believe Charles Barkley doesn't wear underwear. Yeah, that, that totally seems reasonable. But I, so, I just feel like that's a, that's a heck of a move, right? That's a bold move to just say, I will never wear underwear. I feel like he, he must not wear jeans because that would just be awful on a regular basis. And, and I guess the other side of it is I feel like he has to wear suits on a regular basis. And so for the most part, as, you know, as long as you keep the suit clean and do things like that, you can press it and, and rewear it. But I don't know that I'd feel comfortable rewearing uh, some pants, especially like nice woolen pants that, that my balls have been regularly dusting throughout a possibly sweaty day and then not dry clean or, and put those on again yeah now and i will I, say I, spencer nodding and and him enjoying the uh florida milieu and imagining what what that would do, do is uh, uh dry, raw attire dry cleaning is one of my dry cleaning is one of my largest legal expenses anything i can do to get the sweat to not touch the external valuables i'm going to do i could never do what he's suggesting and recommending well so let's take a, a different frame of this so he's not wearing a suit all day um, and he's very much when not on um, TNT. He is not wearing a suit, um, so that's not that frequent. Mm-hmm. Those those suits are probably provided by outside vendor um, for promotional credit, right? Um, and he's not wearing full suits. If you ever watched him on air, he's this is not a guy. He's wearing a three piece suit, uh, looking prim and proper. He's wearing some some slacks, no. maybe dress pants. Um, and, and even if he was, he's a re- relatively wealthy man. He could pay for dry cleaning on a fly without any particular hassle. Relatively, yeah, he's very wealthy, Spencer. <laughs> um, he's not worried about the dry cleaning bill. Probably not. So let's so let's just put it this way: I I have no interest in that. Um, I live in North Carolina, and it's a bit warm. Um, so it's, it seems uncomfortable uh, to do that. Also, boxer briefs, it's like wearing no underwear, but having underwear on. Cheers. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm boxer briefs as well. I like the boxer briefs. I think we're all on, on board with that one. I actually just uh, recently made an entry into Hanes, uh, like something comfort, and they're super light and airy, and they are they're the best. I don't know. I need to get more of them. It, it feels like I'm I'm being cooled and 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 held closely at the same time. BJ's Amazon me some of those. I need to know what you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'll I'll, I'll send that your way. They're All not right, inex- well. inexpensive, but MeUndies makes a mean pair of boxer briefs and also fun fun patterns. Oh, I'm boring with patterns. I don't I don't do any of that stuff. Do you, do you uh, ever go for uh, I've heard Buck Naked is supposed to be one of the more entertaining ones. Is that a pattern or a brand? It's a brand out of, like, Minnesota or something. It's supposed to be super comfortable. Yeah, MeUndies, by the way. Sponsor the pod. Shout out to MeUndies. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're, right, so we, I think we got, yeah, kind of universally. We don't, like, sounds like we don't all want to go to no underwear, but we're not ready to, uh, to crucify, uh, Charles Barkley on this point. I mean, I don't think crucify, but, but I don't know. I, I, there are like a couple of times in college where 
you know, I didn't want to trek to doing laundry and like I'd run out of underwear and I was like, all right, whatever. Like I'll just, you know, for the couple of hours that I need to run to class, I'll just, you know, pop some jeans on or whatever. And I was just like, this was one of the worst mistakes that, that I have made. And I was just uncomfortable for the entire day until I finally was like, all right, I desperately need to do laundry right now. My answer to this is the same as my reaction to the sort of drama around Elon Musk on Joe Rogan's podcast, which is, what's the point of F you money if you don't do weird things? Um, So I support (laughs) whatever you want to do. I think that can be the title of a pod, right? (laughs) How much did that's 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 title worthy? How much did he ultimately get fined by the SEC for his kind of week of weird things he did? Well, it was specifically for his little joke on Twitter about uh, he, him going private at 420, um, 420 a share. Um, but I thought it was – let me look it up, but I'm pretty sure it was – Was he actually joking there? Well, I think he's sort of – His company's been there. spiraling a bit. Uh, it's it's tw- a $20 million fine, and he has to appoint a new chairman of the board, if I recall. Um, but he can still remain president, so – Yeah, CEO. Yeah. And on the board, um, but just not not chairman. Um, so a little bit of a fine. Um, so not a great week, and him calling uh, that that British dude a pedophile uh, was not the finest moment. Um, and then doubling down on it. What's not a, not a, wait the Thai dude? He was uh, British. There's a British dude in Thailand who helped. Uh, oh, I didn't realize he was British. I thought he was just like a cab driver in Thailand that helped out. And he was just like, Oh dude, no, that, that dude. No, he's a British, he's a British dude. And I, I get the joke, right? Why is some British dude in Thailand, you know, not for the sights, the beauty, uh, to get away from work. Um, he's got to be there to have sex with kids. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a good, good look about Elon. Um, that's a little too far. We don't know anything about him. And, and hopefully, uh, that British dude can talk some sense into him, um, probably in the courtroom. Here's what I respect about you, among many things, is that when you like a celebrity personality, you stay with them. Like, we're this, we're not going to broach politics in this podcast, obviously, uh, but you have stayed with Kanye and continue to stay with Kanye, and it's it's amazing to me. Like, you just die on that hill. I think people haven't listened to his words and are listening to other people's versions of his words. Uh, <laughs> That's that's all I'll say. I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, I I do in fact have a uh, text document where I've got 15 bullet points of my reactions from uh, Kanye West. Uh, you know, uh, T rump. The de- so there, we, there you have it, folks. Just listen to his words. The the deer in the headlights effect that Trump had as Kanye just started going off was just fun to observe. <laughs> Oh, yeah, he didn't understand what he was getting into. No, um, no, not a bit. The U.S. is not necessarily <laughs> a stable person. Um, he has some, some mental challenges, and even if he doesn't, if you don't want to cha- put it as a mental challenge, um, he can be very enthusiastic about things, um, but he wasn't prepared for what he got himself into. Hey, Spencer, are you worried about a DVT over there? Keep uh, standing up and sitting down and, and you know just, just get getting the blood flowing in your legs a little bit. You doing all right? Uh, for reasons that are now seeming dumb, I'm currently just having this computer sitting on a bed, and I'm crouching on my knees. So uh, I'm eventually going to find a different way to make this comfortable. That so you're is a grown man. Stupid. 
there, there was not logic attached to this. I, I'll, I'll agree with that. I will eventually bring in a chair if this goes on long enough. Spencer, I feel like you're the only person that midday would be drinking scotch in bed. Everybody else is like responsible only, enough to have like a chair and a table, and you're just like, no, no I want to be in bed. No, only the computer is on the bed. I'm on the floor. It's not better, is it? No, it's not. Right, I'm on the floor well, next to my bed drinking whiskey. I wanted to give it a very classic experience. I'm succeeding in that. Now the ice right, is melting. You get a chair, and I will bring up the next topic for discussion. Okay, bye. All right, so this is a segment I like to call Unnecessary Debate. Um, it's a topic that we probably shouldn't debate, but we're going to anyway because we're day drinking. So, uh, BJ, Levi, if you had to choose rest of your life, you could only have one type of food or one of these two. Would you pick Chinese food or Mexican food? Chinese. That's Ooh, quick. Chinese is great. Yeah, go ahead. Chinese is, is so easy. So there are so many different foods that are Chinese is, is so expansive. I feel like Mexican would, would, would be a solid choice, especially if like you could get like legit Mexican with, you know, impressive mole sauces and things like that. But on the other hand, I like Chinese foods hilariously much. And, and I think I was probably the wrong person to pick to, to argue on, uh, or try and debate this point, but there are so many different cuisines within China. There's Sichuan, there's um, basically good old-fashioned Cantonese food, there's Uyghur food. Basically, every you know reasonable size area in China has an almost completely different cuisine, and they're so diverse and something I enjoy so much. So that would not, not be tough for me. Leva, your take? Uh... Chinese is the right answer, right? Uh, for all the points BJ made, um, although a little bit elaborate, um, although Chinese uh, uh, Uyghur um, cuisine means we won't get into China. We won't have uh, possibly 1.2 billion listeners over in China. But I, I respect your sort of uh, stand of conscience there. Uh, I would say the only the only contrary point you can make, right, is that that Mexican food. Um, traditionally or sort of Tex-Mex food, it, it's better day after day, at least to me. Sort of the, the repeatability factor of it is, is a bit higher. You can have a taco every day. That's, that's perfectly fine. Um, I can have a stir-fry. Like I have a stir-fry basically every day. Like I just make like a big one for at, on a weekend, and then I take it for lunch for the entire week. Like I do that all the time. So, I mean, I feel like maybe what people might consider takeout Chinese might get rough. Like, you know, if you're getting like beef and broccoli or, or, you know, chicken lo mein, that's going to get really boring really yeah. quickly. But yeah. if you get like legit Chinese food, I feel like, or, you know, basically simply prepared veggies with, with uh, like ginger and garlic, like I can just eat that all the time. Mm. Um, and then I guess the other side of it is, I didn't know if you were being like if you had to choose like one or the other and you eat other stuff or you'd only eat one or the other for the rest of your life. Because if like I can't have one of them, I, again, like I totally pick Mexican food because there are so many other South American countries that are so impressive and so good 
that I don't think I'd miss Mexican food. Spencer, your take? I've got like eight questions. Uh, first question, American Chinese food or actual Chinese food? Uh, whatever you prefer. But okay. I, I, I like actual Chinese food, if, oh. I can, if and when I can find it. Okay, so I can pick my own category. Uh, Mexican food or Tex-Mex? Or again, I can pick my own category. I feel pretty strongly about this, and we need to go Mexican food. We're not talking about hard tacos here. Okay, just making sure. Uh, I'm going to go with Chinese. Wait, Spencer, would you choose hard tacos? Would I volunteer? <laughs> would I choose hard tacos? Like, like you're saying, like, Tex-Mex, that, like, you want to choose Tex-Mex over Mexican food, and, and I really want to know if that, that's what you're thinking. It is not. I wanted to know what he meant. No, I mean, with I, the parameters you've set, I think Chinese wins. I mean, in terms of being able to eat it day over day, I I think Chinese would go down easier. I kind of there are more Chinese dishes that I would be able to enjoy than there are Mexican dishes from what my experiences that so I would. If you had to choose between Cosmic Cantina and Thirty Five Chinese, R.I.P. <laughs> We're going back but, to old UNC uh, trivia here. Uh, I would say Thirty Five Chinese. See, that, here we go. I'm, I'm contrarian here. I think that Mexican food, in my experience, has a higher ceiling. No, it's not as, as varied. Uh, you don't have as many dishes uh, and many different types of dishes. But uh, when I get re – like BJ brought up mole. I, if I get really good mole, that might be my favorite food in the world. Like give me some really good mole and some warm corn tortillas, I'm happy. So Mexican food for me, higher ceiling, not as deep a bench. As much oh, as – I feel like I just need to bring in like the Peking duck and 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 all oh, of that. the crazy pork products that they have. You know, some of that uh, chasu, the the barbecue pork that that's sweet and and uh, umami and all those wonderful things. And they also have like solid pork cracklings. I, I feel like all of those things that that aren't common food. I guess they've become a lot more common. Like I feel like you can get Peking duck like whenever, but they don't. Yeah, do it. I've heard. It, it's not usually done right because if because a lot of places, what you used to have to do is you used to have to order Peking duck like a day or two ahead of time so they could like prepare the duck for you. Yep. Yeah, they do the injecting and all that. I, I was yeah. in DC, my friend. I've had I've had real good Peking duck, but I'm just saying for me, Mexican food a little bit higher ceiling. So three one, I lose that one. So. If you, if there's a proviso in here that when we're cooking at home, we have to cook the food, I would probably vote Mexican for sort of ease of cooking. Mm, the yeah, that's Chinese true. cuisine is a sort of very different culture. Um, we're not traditionally exposed to it. Um, and and cooking that would be a learning challenge, although I, I think, BJ, you might be more on top of things. I don't know if you can actually see the wok that's on my stove back there, but... <laughs> wow. Yeah, yes, I know, BJ. I've been in your place. Uh, you graciously allowed me to stay there for a couple of days when, when we were in San Diego. Sam was very confused, and it was just like, why isn't there anything on his walls? Like, what, what is going on here? <laughs> Wait, did he just move in? Yeah, she thought you lived like a serial killer, uh, to be honest. You have a bunch just of boxes. Next day. <laughs> yeah, are you suggesting the food's going to be shipped to our door for the rest of our lives, or do we actually have to, you know, only order or buy or make that kind of food? 
I mean, that's that's all part of the discussion, right? Like, I mean, that's that's a part of it. If it, if the food's really hard to either prepare or uh, get the ingredients for it, then that has to weigh into it, right? Because Mexican food is dirt is very very easy to make. That is a perk. Good, oh, yeah. good call, Levi. I feel like Chinese food is is so much easier to make than Mexican food. Just basically, you you take a vegetable like a little bit of soy and some garlic, and you have like a Chinese dish. Mm. Like it's it's. I, I don't know. I guess I cook enough that, that maybe that's not as straightforward uh, but for, for other people, but I think it's super easy. And I do want to bring up, so this isn't Chinese-related per se, but um, there are a lot of Korean groceries, and I think Korean groceries have basically supplanted Chinese in you know the past five, ten years. And so I have an H-Mart that's just up the street, and I was there last weekend, and they were giving out LED light bulbs with purchase. Why? Just because? I have no idea. I don't understand. And, like, it wasn't, like, a minimum thing. It wasn't, like, spend $25 and we give you a, a light bulb. It was every single person that went through the aisle, through through the checkout, was like, do you want some light bulbs? Yes, please. Thank you. Yeah, sure. I, it, it baffled me. I, I still... PJ, you bring up a you bring up a good point because I've been to Chinese restaurants where they just throw things in. As a matter of fact, Levi, me and you went to uh, dinner a couple weeks ago, and they just gave us a free appetizer. Yeah. I have never been to a Mexican restaurant where they gave you free things. They're like, you order two tacos, you get two tacos. That's it. Hmm. On the other hand, we have the um, the person that the. the uh, cleans labs the janitor that we have super nice woman she has lots of family in tijuana um a couple of months ago she brought me up some tamales from a vendor that sells uh tamales like on the entry line from tijuana that was some of the best quality best quality best tasting tamales that i have ever had do love tamales they're they seem easy to make by the way it's a masa Water, filling, corn husk, that's it. I mean, my choice is not sliding Mexican food. If I had to pick between two general categories, if I had to pick general categories of food that I'd be content to eat forever, Mexican would rank very high, too. Just between the two, I think Chinese just kind of inherently wins. Okay. All right, I lost that one. Are we ready for the next topic? You prepared for this so much more than I did. My compliments, sir. Uh, yeah, so this is, again, unnecessary debate. Um, has everyone on the call, uh, are you all up to date on Westworld? No, I am not. <laughs> You've earned me, right. sir. Sorry. Yeah, so this is not probably the best topic. But uh, Go ahead. Don't, don't, don't worry about it. <laughs> Westworld Season 3. So we worked through <laughs> two seasons of Westworld. Westworld Season 3, they're saying, is going to take in excess of two years um, to produce and get out on the streets. And I'm asking, Westworld Season 3 worth wait or not? I'm going to go with no. Yeah, that's tough, right? Two years? Like, they're just, they're tank, the ratings are going to tank, man. People I mean, are how, how can you wait but, for, like, the next installment of, of a, you know, a story that you've been up to date on and following and going into for, you know, for years now? And and now you you don't even know when it's actually going to come out. You like you, they say two years, but but who knows what it really is? I mean, maybe they're you know playing fantasy football instead of actually you know getting the scripts and getting the shots done. Real big New York Giants fan, that kind of thing. Yeah, something like or, that. Is it Giants or Jets? Which one did George R. R. Martin like? I'm trying I'm trying to remember. 
Jets. Thank you. J-E-T-S. But that's a no. All right, Spencer. Anymore? Because I know you're up today. Me and you talk about Westworld all the time. We're probably going to do a Westworld review no, pod soon. No, I don't feel it's worth it. Westworld has never established that a kind of dedicated fan base, something like, say, Game of Thrones, is established. This kind of long delay is only, I think, going to hurt them. Unless they're going to find other ways to stoke continued excitement or interest in this, um, I feel like that kind of delay not only belies weakness, it's going to cause weakness. And I don't think it's going to be good for the show. Yeah, and and for BJ and Levi, I, as a as a fan of the show, and we will do review pods about it. I don't know if you should watch season two. I'm not sure if it's worth your time. You, you enjoyed know? it on the fly, really. You've come around. I did. Well, I enjoy the communal sort of discussion about it. You're trying to figure out what's happening week to week, but like when you look at season two, you're like, I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot of mental effort and a lot of time, and there's a lot of other good shows controversial opinion alert but I, I i watched season one i thought that was pretty good i wasn't as into it as you you two season two i thought of it as um breaking bad season one which i i was just i didn't understand why it was really a thing um like i i watched breaking i've tried to get in breaking bad multiple times and i just can't get past season one breaking it bad just, breaking bad season oh, one is the- you haven't watched you haven't watched Breaking Bad, Levi? No, I've, I've tried multiple times. He raises a good point. Breaking Bad Season 1 is very tonally distinct from every other season. It borders on almost like a vague comedy at times. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with uh, disappointingly multiple. Uh, I haven't seen any Westworld. I've been meaning to watch it. And I was actually thinking it might be fun if I watch it, like, right before and join you guys. So, like, I have no idea what's going to happen you know, a season or two down the road, but I've just watched, you know, the episode or, or whatever. Um, and oh, that'd be so, yeah. great. That'd be a lot of fun, actually. Yeah. Um, and then Breaking Bad, I'm also like, I've finished season one and I just dropped it. Honestly, I was watching that and Weeds at the same time. And they were both a little bit like, this is just way too fucking goofy. I can't stand Mary Louise Parker and my hatred for her and the just like crazy drug stuff from both of the shows, I just dropped them both. Hmm. I got a little bit farther. Wait a second. Whoa, wait, wait a second. By the way, I like compare. I love the <laughs> comparison. The comparison is fantastic. <laughs> I was watching Weeds and Breaking Bad, um, and I just, I just couldn't, couldn't get into those. Um, yeah, you've got a, you've got like a, a, a widow uh, living in like the suburbs shilling weed and you compare it to somebody who's like peddling high like vo- <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not trying to compare it it just happened to be that i was watching both of them basically at the same time and it was they both got just a little bit too crazy at the same time for me and i just i'm just dropped. saying dj what i heard there was i was watching the wire and jersey shore and <laughs> i just thought that maybe uh Maybe they were a little too crazy, so I should stop watching both. I feel like if we can attack both The Wire and Deadwood, we'll just complete the destruction of Lee's soul right now. But look, if you can get to... Let me make a point about Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad's last season is probably the best season of television I've seen. It's incredible. Like, they stuck the landing hard. So I know that's a hard sell, right? Like, you know, just get through all the seasons because the last season is so great. But I'm telling you, if you do get into it and you get to the last season, the last season is incredible. I think there are a lot of TV shows, and I think that Breaking Bad is one of them, that 
if you don't watch essentially with other people, maybe not them in the room, but basically at the same time and get to talk about it, that it's, it's a lot harder to watch and it's a lot harder to appreciate and enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Westworld's that way. And that's why I think you sh- you probably should watch Westworld the way that you're talking about. Like when Spencer and I do the review pods, I think you'd enjoy that because it, it it's a show that part of my enjoyment is just participating in the community, coming up with theories, you know, all that stuff. Yeah, and, and I don't know, I just thought it'd be fun to, like, have that fresh view experience and not know what's going in, in that, like, discussion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would likewise love to jump in there. I, I mean, I will say that I watched, in the first season, I, I watched it, um, but episodes didn't stick with me, like other shows. Um, it was interesting, um, certainly good for a binging, but it's not, they didn't really stick with me the, the way, let's say, um, Black Mirror or uh, Game of Thrones mm. or those style of shows would. Have you guys seen um, Humans or Altered Carbon? I know we talked a little bit about our Altered Carbon briefly. I've um, not seen them yet. I've watched Altered Carbon, yeah. Um, have you seen Humans? No. That's, that's another sort of interesting... Um, it's basically there, there are lots of androids that like help people out and are sort of like taking, taking over much of the menial labor service industry and then trying to define like what makes people human and what, what the difference between a very high, highly functional android and a person is. And it sort of does it in the backdrop of like a, UK-ish set probably like 10 years in the future, like not that far. Um, it was a fun watch, at least the first season or two, and I think there's another season coming out, and I've sort of been waffly on it because I feel like it's not going to get better because they're going to need to resolve a handful of things, and they're probably going to have some weird love story, and it's just going to go down the tubes, but at least like the first couple of seasons I think were really interesting. Um, and then with Altered Carbon, like I thought it was a lot of fun. And then I found out that it was a trilogy and I was like, all right, well, I'm going to read the books first because I feel like if I watch the show, it's going to seriously color how I feel about the books rather than the other way around where I feel like I could enjoy the show knowing like what the author did, um, which I guess I, I don't know how I feel about in terms of Game of Thrones, because I enjoy the show a lot more than I've enjoyed the books, which I, uh, which I like uh, poking Spencer with. Really you do enjoy. Um, I, I respect the viewpoint. I disagree with it strongly, but I respect it. So I guess my, my... What? Well, I just I want to know what that means. You said I disagree with it, it strongly, but I respect it. How the hell does that make sense? I, I think it's a polite way of saying I find you a blithering moron, but I'm too polite to call you that. <laughs> so so spencer do you did you actually enjoy like the last i don't know three or four books or wherever we are with george r, r. martin i i mean yes honest, very much so God, i feel like he needed to hire an editor and somebody to are keep you, track of stuff for him and just it didn't happen are you one of these guys that don't like like the food spreads like you're upset about the page or two about foods no, I mean, honestly, like that, that doesn't bother me at all. It's just, uh, as, as a narrative story, I feel like it's, 
it's not concise enough to really hold my interest and maybe you know i just didn't reread it but i found it to be a a not not as engaging as i wanted and a little bit to you know now we're going to go over here now we're going to go over here and then we're just going to ignore a bunch of details to make certain things happen and and i felt that at least early on and you know the show was a little bit more concise and a little bit more easy to to digest and no. I will agree. I think that one of the biggest flaws that he's done is I think books one, two, and three are masterstroke. They are a very effective setup to a clear climax in book three, and book three is remarkable. Sort of Storm of Swords hits all the plot points that you wanted to be accomplished. Yep. Four and five are successful to the degree they lead up to a book six, and then book I, six. I think he lost out a lot when he stopped following history. How do you mean that? Okay, Le- I, I, but let me step in here. Okay. Levi, you've read the books. What do you think? Of, so I think they are pretty good. Um, they are in-depth enough to pique Spencer's interest. It seems like something right up his alley. Thank you. Um, so it's sort of perfectly suited to, to make you very interested, whereas BJ, I can see, not being interested at all. Um, and Spencer, what are you shown on the webcam, which makes for terrible radio, but you're just playing with some sort of credit card. Uh, BJ, uh, yeah, what, what is that? Uh, I've been pondering these for a while, and I think BJ was laughing when I held them up to the camera. Um, there are two gift cards also in the alcohol that BJ sent me, and I'm just kind of baffled why they're here. Was that all that you had in the box? Uh, there's gift cards and about 40 receipts, which I wasn't oh, sure if the... I wonder... Wonder why there's receipts in the box. Oh God, do I actually need to read these? What do these mean? They can come uh, in handy. All right, <laughs> hold on. Let's see. Here. Uh, well, these just appear to be regular grocery receipts so far. You order a lot of tomatoes, it looks like. Right, but it, but but BJ did save them, so I guess maybe that's the point that we're talking about. Are these gift cards good? Can I use these for something, or are these just additional bits of packing material? Oh, they're, they're just additional bits of packing material. Oh, they're, they're empty. Thank you, you really should not have answered that. Uh, I know, but... <laughs> I would have happily <laughs> taken these to a store wrong. and been very disappointed. <laughs> oh, really? You wouldn't have, like, looked it up online? No. Oh, that's, that's no. Really I would have gone fresh. It would have been me at Costco trying to order something and been very unhappy. So, so actually, that reminds me of something super weird that I did because I was being hilariously lazy, and I feel like Levi will, will make funny faces at me and then just sort of, like, nod, and everyone else here, Spencer and Lee, will just be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Mm-hmm. So, um, one of our, our mutual friends, Chris, is getting married and not, and uh, he sent out yeah. wedding invitations, and so... You know, I was sort of planning to, to figure out some gift for him, but I had a handful of gift cards. And so I was like, I could give them to him at the wedding, but I could also just put him in with the RSVP. Like, why not? Like, what difference does it make, like, when he gets the gift? So I just chucked a couple in with the RSVP and mailed them in. Oh, that's a good debate. So can you give the gift before the wedding or do you have to give it after? Because, BJ, here's the point. 
What if they don't get married? You're still out your money. I mean, I've already booked a trip that costs way more than I'm going to give them as a gift. I mean, yeah, I'm going to get to see you guys and my girlfriend, like, if Chris gets married or not. But to a certain extent, the unless I gave him a serious amount of money that was going to be a, essentially way less than my plane ticket. So, Well, yeah, I mean, that's because you're coming in from out of town. But the, the general point is, do you give the gift before? Is that okay? Or do you have to give it after? I've... I've always ever given it before, just because uh, so often nowadays there's this uh, there's the wedding registry in advance. So yeah, with that rapidly filling up of uh, what items they want and everybody picking them out, I typically do it at least a month in advance. Cool, Levi. When you get married, should we give you the the gifts before or after you're getting married? You really should wait wait for confirmation there. <laughs> <laughs> so so Spencer, do, does somebody need consent to get married? Like, you know, if, if, there was, if, if there was a sheet of paper with Levi's signature that Sam handed in to like some courthouse in North Carolina would, you know, and it, he probably doesn't care at this point, you know, it'd just be like, ah, eh, whatever. Like, you know, he wouldn't rail against it. It'd just be like, ah, eh, why not? Well, I mean, <laughs> for a marriage license, both parties involved need to sign. However, um, many states allow people who are under the age, who are under the age of authority, age of majority, or even necessarily the age of consent to get married so long as they have parent permission. So there's definitely an element of your parents can kind of plan that out for you when you are not of an age that we would let you enter into any other contract and find it binding. Wait a second. Hold on. Hold on. I pumped the brakes. Are you telling me that there are states where people who are under the age of consent can have their parents sign off on their marriage? I think it's almost every state. Uh, pretty much every, I mean, every state I've ever researched and learned about. Yeah. Okay. All right. Wait, how, how, why are you researching different states and that you can do this in? I'm barred in two states. I had to learn the law in two, at least two states. Wait, you're barred from two states? Virginia? No, I, I can legally practice in two states. Come on. Virginia and Florida. In both of those states, yeah. Practice? We talking about practice? Oh, for Pete's sake. <laughs> so my point was... That, yes, there is kind of an element of questionable consent attached to marriage contracts when you're allowing, essentially, your parents to provide their validation for it happening. That sounds bad. It's controversial. I just want to to register my discontent here with the idea that I'd be totally okay with things. Um, We need to have a prenup. I've got 230 Michael Jordan basketball cards that I've had for quite a few years. Which I mean, this is gonna be worth something someday. So I can't just let yeah. them L- Levi, take it from me. I'm your Levi, friend. I'm your friend. I got the contract written. We can make this good. There will be no threat to any of you and your assets whatsoever. I can protect you. Fair enough. Respect. <laughs> All right, guys. I got one more topic, uh, and then I'll open it up for you guys, and then we can end it. So. Um, I am out on football. How are you guys? Uh, are you watching football? Uh, do you like football stuff or what? Uh, my family's financially committed in the sense that we own season tickets to the Panthers and we have no choice but to buy them. Otherwise, we lose those seats. So I kind of have to by financial commitment. <laughs> but you don't have to. You can just not. Or... Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I don't understand <laughs> the logic. I, I still watch the Panthers in large part because I feel like I my family is dedicated to the concept. 
<laughs> your family is dedicated to the concept that Carolina has a football team. They don't actually have a good football team, so it doesn't really matter. But the concept they're, is they're, dear to your heart. They're three and one this year. They could, you know, maybe. I so I, all right. That uh, answers the question. Spencer is still in on football. Spencer is in, but he's like, it's some weird variant of hate watching. He's like, uh, there's an element of that. It's like going to your kid's recital, which you know is going to not not be great at all. Um, but you just have to go. Um, this is that's very, like, very, it's like watching the, that's like watching the walking dead. <laughs> Let's not go that far. I'm uh, kind of surprised that you don't go to confession. Like given that, that you you're like half in on, on football. Like why not go half in on other useless things? BJ, why are you continually convinced that I'm very Catholic? I don't know. You just strike me as a Catholic. You know, there's you, a... seem to, you, you seem to like put yourself in situations that you're unhappy with and uncomfortable with, and then you you wallow in them. That doesn't require religious faith to be attached to it. No, but I I yeah. would agree that it, if I had to pick you, I'd bet Catholic. Um, you're a person who, who respects institution, you respect the learned class, um, the kid the kid fucking. You're you're not a big fan <laughs> of, but you know, Whoa. we all have her. Thank you for not giving me that one. I appreciate it. Um, so BJ, what about you? Are you in on football? Uh, I, the, I participate in football very, very often. Um, my friends from back home have a fantasy football league that I almost every week set my lineup. Uh, you're one of those guys almost every week. So you're dedicated to the sport. Are you actually dedicated? Do you actually watch games? Uh, if they're on TV at a restaurant that I'm at, the most recent yeah, one uh, was a, 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 was a uh, Korean barbecue place that had like 30 TVs all showing different games, which I was fascinated by because why would a Korean barbecue place have that much sports? But, you know, whatever. So that's a no. I'll endorse Korean barbecue. Yeah. Korean barbecue is awesome. Yeah, Levi, how about you? You in, out on football? So I'm I'm nominally out. I'm pretty much all all out. Um, I will say um, we recently Sam and I got got into watching uh, Last Chance You on Netflix, uh, which is about a, a junior college in Mississippi that takes in a lot of um, players who've had problems either academically um, or legally qualifying for bigger programs. And as a person who played a little bit of football growing up, like it did harken back to like the, the enjoyment of just hitting someone. Um, there is that enjoyment there. Your cornrows every so Oh boy. Uh, so I watched that and I, I did think, you know, it was fun. It's terrible for your brain. Um, I wouldn't want anyone to do it, but it was really fun. Um, sort of like jumping off roofs were fun as a kid, right? Like you do stupid things with your friends. Um, wait, wait, what, what you jumped off roofs? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Spencer, I, BJ, did you jump on a roof when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah, once. I mean, I like I was a climber as a child. I, 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 fe- I fell out of a variety of trees. I enjoyed climbing quite a bit as a kid. But uh, on large part, I mean, I'm philosophically out. It's, it's a terrible sport. Basketball is the one true uh, sport that we all need to follow. Um, yes, sir. But, and it, the NFL is terrible. Uh, it, it has a, this weird slave mentality. Uh, it's developing people who are drug addicts and, and, and spouse abusers. It's terrible. But it was fun to hit people. Oh, so, my gosh. So, 
actually going off Spencer's uh, love for Korean barbecue, how do you feel about places that you essentially cook your own food? Do you feel like it's a jip or do you feel like they're, they're awesome? Like hot pot, Korean barbecue, uh, you know, some a place like the melting pot, you know, there, there are loads of venues where essentially you can prepare your own meal or do most of the work for it. There are, um, other places that do like stir fries that you like, you choose the ingredients. Levi sounds so like gonna, you are I'll, completely I'm jump in. I will jump in BJ. Um, cook at your table. Love it. Love the experience. I think it's a, a great sort of social experience when you're sitting around with people for a couple hours, you're sitting, you're cooking, you kind of make it the way you want to, as long as they prepare it well. Right. So it's easy for you to do it. Uh, I think it's great. The, the melting pot, I understand the chain, I understand it's it's kind of cliche and kind of stupid, but I like it. Like that's a that's a sort of dirty secret for me. I, I love the melting pot. Big fan, big fan of Korean barbecue. Spencer, what's your thing? Uh, it, I think it depends on two factors for me. It really depends on the restaurant. There are some that can make it a much more remarkable and enjoyable experience than others. I hate the melting pot, but there's a Korean barbecue place that's near us that makes wow. it that makes it Man. fun, makes it enjoyable. They've done everything to the meat already, so all I need to do is cook it. It's already been sautéed. It's already been seasoned. Those kind of places that just make it a wait, a great. Wait, wait, hold on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm picking up. It's been sautéed. So I don't. I didn't mean sautéed. Seasoned was basically what I was trying to go with. Seasoned, um, okay. soaked, <laughs> soaked, rubbed, whatever else is required of it, based on how I've ordered it. So, um, so you don't much Spencer that's that's what I'm hearing I don't like to work much no cooking it in front of everybody else and dividing it up is fun another factor I would say is that it's very much a group experience it's not a re- kind of restaurant I'd want to go to solo that just I've been, I've done that once and it was depressing uh as a group yeah, at a table I agree with that as a group please of ta- describe the the time which you went to one of these restaurants by yourself did you go to the melting pot by yourself <laughs> I went to the melting pot by myself and that was not a good day why what inspired this? Like, were you just also, driving down the road? And, and, wait, and what, did you, what did you get? Was this mostly, like, a cheese-eating experience, or did you do, like, the broth as well? Or was this just, like, get me all the chocolate that you can, and I'm going to dip everything and put it in my face? Uh, this was when I was in Chapel Hill. Uh, Bridget and I were about a thousand mi- more than a 1,000 miles apart, and I was working for the judge. And there was a melting pot nearby, and I just decided I wanted to go out, and that was the first place I came across Wait, when were you in Chapel Hill? That you Sorry, not Chapel for? Hill. Charlottesville. Charlottesville, Virginia. They're slightly different, Spencer. Yeah, they're... That's, uh, Spencer, melting pot by yourself. I understand why you don't like the melting pot. That's not... That is a very <laughs> it, thing. It's but, kinda, uh, but trust me, Spencer, if you go with other people, it can be enjoyable. Can you agree Wait, that Spencer. going to one of these self-cooked places by yourself, though, does not color a good evening? Spencer, like, what did you get? Did you get, like, the whole three courses, or... or... You know, what was that experience? I, ooh, it's been, I mean, it's, we're talking about like eight, nine years ago now, but um, I think I got a full course meal. I think I had an appetizer. I think I had the broth and the cooking of the various meat. I was there for a while just cooking my own food and cannot recommend it. Cannot recommend it. Here's, a, here's something. No one can ever take away from me the image of Spencer eating a full course meal at the Melty Pot by himself. <laughs> I will take that with me wherever I go. That's it. And that's the other rule. thing. Thank you. Like, I have this concept of how other people would do it. Other people might have a smartphone where they're doing something else or reading. I just imagine Spencer intently focused on his food, being absolutely silent. And, you know, the only conversation and entertainment that he has is when a waitress comes around and says, 
sir, can, can I refill your drink? Like, can I please do something for you? Because this is depressing me too. I'm not sure if I owned a smartphone at the time. So yeah, it probably was just me yeah, sitting you, quietly in a booth. You had that flip phone God, for eight years. That is, that's a crazy thing you did, Spencer. I, I'm glad this has come to light. <laughs> As a result of that, my impression of these kind of restaurants is directly colored by how many pe- other people were there. Because the idea of going alone is just a toxic feeling in me. But here's what you you know now, Spencer. Is yeah. That every Christmas and every birthday, I'm getting you a melting pot gift. Shut up. No, you're <laughs> not. Wait, not. Can we get you a, I, I want like a GoPro or like a selfie stick so, so we can just have like a record of you eating alone <laughs> at like a melting pot or a Korean barbecue place or some place that, that you have to sit and, and cook your food while everybody else in the restaurant watches this lone person slowly like sitting and waiting for his food and having nothing else to do but sit and watch it slowly cook. Being alone is is depressing enough. Being alone with an audience, we're reaching a whole new category. Yeah, no, that would get more that would get more views and listens than this podcast, I'm sure of it. Uh, okay, so that that ends it uh, uh, on on football. It sounds like uh, Spencer is one foot in the tub. It sounds like uh, Levi likes to hit people, and uh, BJ watches it whenever he's at a barbecue. Korean barbecue. No, one one last question on that point, Levi. What position did you play? Uh, center and long snapper. Hmm. That was back in high school. It was. Have you not seen his uh, high school IDs? You know, I actually I don't remember if I have. I need to look at those at some point. What BJ is referring to is that uh, I had long hair in, in much of high school, and the football coach did not like. A, a, a male with long hair, um, with hair flowing out of the back of the helmet. That could be grabbed. Um, so, yeah, exactly. Could pull it, yeah. Um, so I, of course, being a spiteful little kid, was like, okay, I'm keeping my long hair. I just will get cornrows. Um, they'll be up and braided up, and it's and it's allowed for the black the black guys. So it's, it, it's okay for me, right? Um, and I got that, and. That was both the most painful experience I've had in my life and also not the most attractive look uh, that I've ever had. Didn't look good. No. I don't know. It was special to me. (laughs) Okay. All right. So that ends my agenda topics. Do you guys have anything you want to bring up before we wrap up? Well, one practical question I have is that between our two drink choices that the three of us had today, which one are you favoring? I like the Black Saddle better. Um, I think I'm uh, more a fan of the Bunnahaven, but but I sort of knew that coming in. I not quite as much of a fan of the the sweeter uh, drinks in general. I, I don't think I could drink as much. Well, let's not get into my alcoholic issues, but uh, the the black saddle I feel, I feel like would just after like a couple of drinks, it'd just be cloyingly sweet to me. Mm. Leva, what? Whatever you drink, how was it? It was fantastic. Um, I've enjoyed this bottle for quite some time. I got it as a gift probably six months ago or so, um, and it's it's pretty pretty darn solid. All right, great. Anything else we want to bring up? Uh, we we didn't go to Spencer. I mean, I know he's going to say Black Saddle, but still. Man, oh yeah, Spencer. I I did enjoy the Bunahaven. It was definitely new for me. I had that. I don't think I've ever had that brand before. Um, but I think the Black Saddle is something that I would actually enjoy for a longer period. I can picture sipping and enjoying that for a couple hours and being very content. 
Any other uh, topics you want to bring up? All right. Sounds like a no. Okay. Well, that is our first episode of Whiskey on the Weekends. This is another podcast from the Mangum Talks channel. Uh, we're joined today here by BJ, who is a co-host of the Mangum Reads podcast. Check that out if you have it. Uh, and Spencer, who is the co-host with me of the GOT Got Questions podcast. Uh, and Levi Baxter, who me and him, uh, one of these days are going to get around to an NBA pod, and that's going to happen. Thanks, everybody. Enjoy uh, it. Before Bye. you quite finish, we have uh, all our content on iTunes and our website, mangumtalks.com, as well as Reddit. Uh, we have a Mangum Talks subreddit where you can find all our content. And con- if you have any comments, questions, anything like that, you can find us there. Yeah, fair point. If you go to mangumtalks.com, upper right-hand corner, just uh, click Contact Us, and uh, you can fire away questions uh, for us, and we'll address them on the pods. We'll even take liquor recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) All right, bye.